now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for checking out our year-round carnival podcast, where each and every Monday we review the best racing from Melbourne and Sydney, sometimes elsewhere in Australia if there's good stakes racing, but we're here with Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Rolfie, top of the morning to you. Oh, I'm fresh after a week off, you. <laughs> you had a week off, Rolfie. What the hell's going on, man? <laughs> yeah, called school holidays. Well, my oh. kids are still young enough to be called kids. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. I understand. I'm all good. Absolutely. All right, we'll have a look at uh, at the big racing from Caulfield and Ramwick on the weekend, starting with Caulfield and Vince. Uh, it was a quirky day. Uh, we always uh, ask our members an opportunity to ask a question. We might mm-hmm. as well start with this with Daniel. Were the inside lanes off or was the pattern of the day wind-related? What's your thoughts? Well, probably the winds didn't get too bad uh, throughout the entire day. And really, it's the usual strategy. It's all about the lanes. And that's that's what it is, and particularly in a few races with some of the results that came up. I mean, they were getting 16, 18, you know, lanes 16 and 18 from a, a rail position of three. And this is why this happened. I was surprised more runners didn't do it sooner. Yeah, and I think that might have cost a couple, uh, cu- a couple of results as well. So we'll, we'll we'll pick through them. We'll start off with the uh, the main race of the day. It was won by Cy, and it was won by Carleen Heffel. It was her first stakes race in the Sir John Monash Stakes. Now I think we uh, were both cheering pretty hard on this one, Vince, as were our members. Now three weeks ago, Vince, you put a real big stamp on this on this podcast, and this is what we sent to our members because it was best of the day. So whether you got sizzles or not, you received it as a member, uh, saying two point three links above benchmark rank best of the day. This is at Flemington. We sizzled her from first up win here, point one length below benchmark rank fifth of the day. Expected to test her point seven length PB, and instead she smashed it. Minus two at the 800, plus 4.1 mid-race, plus 4.4 last 400. Final IVR adjusted down for a solid tailwind. This now has her as borderline stakes level. Her ability to relax early and finish hard says stepping to a 1,200 should be no issue. Well, she stayed at 1,100, but she's elevated the stakes level. Vince, we've got a fantastic price. Uh, I, I just couldn't believe that. I mean, what? why was that the case? Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I want to know. Well, I'm very, very confident. This is why. Well... She met General Bo worse at the weights. No, no. Well, let's have a look at it. Let's let's just have a look at the the facts about the weights. The facts was uh, were rather at uh, Flemington. She conceded six kilos to General Bo. So on Saturday she conceded two kilos. So uh, according to the old weights and measures, she met General Bo four kilos worse off at the weights, and Carlene Heffel couldn't claim. So a couple of those factors. No doubt, given that the Moody camp were clearly happy with uh, with what happened post race, um, it wasn't stable related. That was uh, that was the weights and measures people taking a set against her. So weights and measures are still a big thing, aren't they? Absolutely. It's really crazy because I'm so far removed from that. You know, like I'm, it's like ancient when someone talks about it. Probably barrier. So I will add one other thing, which was barrier one. So she couldn't have got it out to the deep lanes from where she was, but she didn't need to. No, she didn't need to. That's, that's probably more to the point. The reality is this. It came back second best performance of the day, 0.3 above benchmark. Interesting. That early speed, 3.9 lengths below benchmark, a little bit softer than the previous two runs. Usually it's a sign that runners probably prefer a bit more ground, right? Yeah. And obviously the mid-race move wasn't as dynamic because it was a difficult day to run time. 
there was a bit of a drop-off over the last 200 metres of around 2.9 lengths, Rolfie. That probably, well, when I say probably, 100%, it wasn't, it wasn't in the lanes. That's what I liked about the victory. This was one of the horses that were not in the lanes and yep. got victory. And we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit later on a couple of other runners and you can really see the big disparity on what the impact is. See, if, if you're drawn, if you're on the inside and you're using the first, let's say, four or five lanes and then you're a runner that can get out into lane, say, 15, 16, 17, 18, the minimum disadvantage is two lengths. That's the minimum. In some cases, I say it's about three. Yeah. So the reality is I have no doubt with this horse winning, it was a it was a soft victory, Ralphie. I'm soft pretty sure there's a, there's another weight for age race in two weeks at twelve hundred. And as you touched on, uh, the early speed isn't really there. She relaxes beautifully, this mare, and, and why couldn't she run twelve hundred? Oh, there's nothing in the intel to indicate that, and the, there was a lot of evidence at Flemington that this is the case. And I have no doubt that um, this horse isn't going to have too many issues with the twelve hundred meters. Not this time round. Yeah. Uh, also, with the soft ground and the headwind, I think we've got a pretty good benchmark in Malkovich. They didn't break benchmark in that sort of – the only part of the race they broke benchmark was 800 to 600. These are fast horses, and they only, uh, you know, did it for, by a couple of lengths. So that, that tells you that there was genuine impact on the day. Oh, there was – absolutely. There's no question about the impact, particularly <sighs> that part, Ralphie, 600 to the 400-metre mark. Yeah, we always say it. Yeah, I mean, that's never going away unless something dramatic is going to happen. But there it is. The reversal between approaching, you know, from the 800 to the 600 and then getting inside, that's about three lengths difference. Nice. Uh, Milliver's return, she's a nice, consistent mare. So, uh, and General Bowers, a nice, consistent Italian. Uh, I think uh, probably I want to broaden the question a bit here because you, you touched on it, hard day to run time. Just the importance, Vince, you, say, you do of a backup of the, of the daily rankings. Well, I, this has always been the case, and I know a lot more uh, form students and that like to use that now, but this has always been a very, very good guide. And it's one of those things about going back in time and the history of racing. There used to be many people in the early days, and when I say early days, I'm going back 30, 40, probably more so years than that, where a lot of communication used to come out about you can't trust times. Now, a few things that they used to talk about first and foremost was how do you deal with it when you've got tracks that have got a lot of give in it how do you deal with it when there's strong winds or there could be other things like rail position you know the, the cut of the grass and various things the ranking the ranking is how you deal with it it's a tremendous insight because everybody's performing on the same day and yep. you get a strong correlation because by and large, with the exception in this modern day that we know that some horses have got some handicap advantages, let's say, out in the wider lanes, and we have to factor that in, the reality is it's a tremendous guide on what the performances were. And I love it particularly that I don't usually go any further back than top 20, but definitely top 10 is really important from my perspective when it's tough to run time. 
And so, but by uh, by extension, because I touched on it in how we put the sizzlers there, and also you said it on this podcast, which is a free service. We have no uh, uh, connection to any corporate bookmakers. We're here because our members support us, and we we greatly appreciate and value that. But uh, at that Flemington meeting where the tailwind was there, um, she's run blistering time, and you've had to ad- adjust it down because you can't just trust a tailwind assisted straight race. No, well, you know. In, in Olympics, I know it's not the exact correlation, but yeah. the, wind, the wind adjustment is a massive tool. Uh, some races, there have been recordings where they've gone 9.1, but once you make the adjustments, like almost like 9.8. Yeah, oh, yes, in the, the Olympics, absolutely. Yes, in, so, in sprint races, particularly. Yeah. So, but but again, <laughs> I was battering with the boys from Perth Radio yesterday about this, yep. that... Um, that uh, it's one thing to to make the adjustment, and you need to make the adjustment. But you know, if the tailwind's behind you and me, Vince, we're not going to beat Usain Bolt without a tailwind. So there's only so you, you still have to respect a fast run, even if it is assisted. Yeah, what well, do you think he'd be disadvantaged if we gave him ten kilos more? <laughs> well, is that too? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the point being, though, you can trust that you can trust a fast time. Uh, to an extent, and there, Cy and General Bo fought it out at Flemington, and there they were on Saturday, first and third. Um, let's get to a race earlier. Now, the, the question is how much the lanes played into account with Kin, but what we do know, again, this is what we uh, we wrote down in our lead-up, so it was a pretty fun day here with Kin. Uh, 0.5 length above benchmark rank, fourth and day. This was at Flemington the same day that uh, that Cy won, and we wrote this in Sizzlers, had circumstances dead against drawn wide on a day where straight runners were clearly disadvantaged, and as in out very wide, but she still run very well, can get back to her excellent first up, 1.2 length above benchmark, second best of Gosford Cup day, first up, sixth of the fifth, uh, minus 4.1 at the 800, plus 2.6 mid-race, plus 5.2 last 400. That was the second best of the day. So the run was full of merit, and Vince, she smashed him on Saturday. Going places this horse for sure, Ralphie. I, I know it's it's now starting to get right into the campaign, but goodness me, I love everything about it. Of course, we, we've got a you know little bit of mooting. Elaine 18, the widest run of the entire day. So well done to the rider for uh, being so intelligent to get out deep because that definitely was a great help. And when I look at the breakdown of the, of the race, this run has also lost a little bit of speed as well, Ralph, just from one run to the other, but was very, very strong. And this is the significance of what I want to point out here. Kin's last 200 metres was a plus one versus side minus 1.9. There's a direct clarity in terms of the difference of what's happened. Now, when I look at the early speed difference, this is the other thing, Ralph. The early speed difference is only about length. So why did King run so much faster late? Is it because it's a fast superiors? I would say no. I don't believe it's a superiors, but it is worthy of being in the same class as a horse like Sai at this stage. But the reality is there was some advantages. Now, it did end up ranking number one for the day with a 0.6 above and pretty much ran up to the performance of last start nice but also that gosford win said she's probably got she's still got a little bit uh in the tank i know sorry gosford second sorry yeah Yeah, well that that performance there was over a thousand meters but i i feel this horse is screaming for the 1200 now as well 
Wonder if they'll uh, they might ev- they might even take on the same weight for age race as size. That'll be an interesting Ooh, match race yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a great race. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk further about lanes. So uh, uh, I wasn't the only one, no doubt, given the price uh, in a coma after the ra- after the first leg when Ulysses picked off pole at the last stride. I wanted to have Umgara as well in my quaddy, and uh, and there we go, Vince Umgara stuck to the fence, and, and uh, I'm I'm happy to say this because Carly Heffel learned from learned from it later in the day. We are riding the last two winners, but Ulysses super duper wide, and there was the difference. Oh, yeah, you know Ulysses Rolfi, this horse always had a, a level of ability. Yeah, and of course. It's always about the treatment of how you were going to handle this horse off a long break. It was difficult off the long break to say, okay, how dynamic could you potentially be first up? Well, there's a few ways that we can look at that. (laughs) One is, before we talk about the lanes, is the overall performance, 2.9 lengths below benchmark. This race, when you look at the shape, they've gone at a really what I would consider to be a good speed. I mean, it was virtu- it was 0.8 below benchmark. That's a good speed. The move in the mid-race probably helped A, horses that were getting the opportunity to conserve energy, and I'm talking in particular horses that were typically four to six lengths off that speed, and then it was all about where you were in the lanes. And Ulysses 16, massive help, massive, massive help for the horse. And here's another example, again, even though the distance is a bit longer, and I'm just using Sai as the link. This runner is clearly running a genuine three lengths slower through the first half of the race, and yet posted a, a final last 200 metres as good as Sai. Uh, yeah, well, there, there, there it is, and again, that, that yeah. that's deeper in the lines there. So, so advantage. So, lastly, with this horse here, if we go back a little bit in time, Ralphie, this horse has got the capability of, on many occasions run, you know, in that plus a half to almost one range. So, you know, on the day, this horse has got the ability. Now, had this horse gone to the inside, forget about it. No chance. It, there's no way it would have made up all the ground. I mean, it was last inside the 300-metre mark. Well, actually, it's 200-metre mark. I'm pretty sure it was close to last. Yep, absolutely. And just that's the power. The power is phenomenal. Okay, let, let me go a little bit deeper. You were talking about the other runner who stayed close to the fence. Was it Umgala? Yeah, Umgala, yep. right? That's travelling six lengths below benchmark. Versus 8.3. You'd think with a a shift of two lengths, roughly, two and a half lengths difference in energy, the last 200 metres, the difference is five lengths, Ralphie. So do you really think that that horse, you know, tanked out that badly off that race shape? No. It's to do with the lanes. Yep, no doubt. Uh, Let's finish off with uh, asking about spicy marks in that first race because, again, we're talking about – so, okay, it was much lower than than Kin and Cy, but you'd expect it to be as a two-year-old, and it was into that headwind. Um, Mm -hmm. But, gee, it's got inside the top ten, and uh, I remember once (laughs) talking to the great Lee Freeman, and he said, you get a good opportunity, this is as a trader behind the scenes, if a horse has one poor run, you spell it, and then you bring it back. And and, um, 
And the reason being, uh, the poor run has nothing to do with its talent. You know, it's just lack of experience or Shinzor or who knows on the day. And here, here it is, Spicy Mug. First uh, first run was uh, was Oaks Day. It was $7, so it was deep in the market. Didn't turn up. They gave it a couple of barrier trials. Didn't, didn't, uh, they, they, uh, I don't know why they didn't run it, but then they gave it another couple. Both looked super sharp, but on Saturday it just was completely friendless out to $12. Well, clearly it's got a level of talent. Yeah, maybe it was the track condition that might have made it friendless, right, in terms of the betting. I'd say that's the only reason because on the trials or the jump outs, you would um, say this this horse was uh, trialling well. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that that's, you know, worthy of wanting to step in and back the horse, but it's been backed up by the intel. It was very, very solid performance, like massive difference to – that only run, and you know, you articulated it very well, Ralphie, about the fact that it just didn't turn up that day. And there it is, eleven point six lengths below benchmark. So we've probably got a, a much closer indication minus two. But we've got to put it into perspective. If you run the reports on the racing analytics platform, you'll see that that's probably about four, four and a half lengths behind where you need to be for a two-year-old. So. You can be confident this horse is going to improve sharply off that run. No doubt. Uh, Rarewick, now, now, Vince, can we move the Autumn Carnival to winter? How good is this, this run of tracks we've been getting in Sydney? I love it. I, <laughs> really, Ralphie, honestly, I love it. I cannot believe, and it's so great for this to be happening because it, it's enjoyable. I'm not saying it's not enjoyable when it's wet grounds. It's okay. I have no issues with wet grounds if there's – you know, no big rain happening during the course of the day. But when it's good, oh, you just fall in love, don't you? And this was the case. Some good performances, Ralphie, on the weekend. Uh, well, actually, further, Daniel's onto this. Uh, were the inside lanes a big advantage on Sunday? Now, the rail was out nine metres. How often do you say the uh, the lanes don't move? No, no, the lanes never move. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's a fact. And this has always been the case. Now, I have to admit, there are... There was a few runners that got out really, really wide. Now, you can do that at this track, particularly when you're in a nine position. You can definitely do that, and that was the case with a couple of runners. So we've got to, you know, be a little bit cautious when those horses turn up at their subsequent starts. But the reality is if you could have been, you know, lanes 9, 10, 11, that's just, you know, one, two, three off the fence, you were going to be in a great place. Well, before we get to the winter stakes, let's uh, highlight this runner insurrection of Michael Freeman. Uh, I just mentioned Lee, part of the uh, the great Freeman brothers. Um, Ramwick, three weeks earlier, or was it three weeks? Sorry, two weeks earlier, uh, we wrote... 0.5 length above benchmark, ranked fourth on the day. We scissored him from his lead in run Warwick Farm when minus 0.6 length below benchmark. He's found the length in winning, cruised in front, going minus 2.3 at the 800, plus one mid-race, minus, five, uh, minus 0.5, rather, last 400, good even splits. He's still climbing given his PB is 1.3 set at Kenzo in February. That included a booming 7.5 last 400. What do you do on Saturday, Vince? Well, here you go. Best of the day, 0.9 above, and still trending in one direction, upwards. That's pretty significant for a best of the day for, uh, for a runner at, the, at benchmark 78 level. Oh, well, again, unfortunately, I don't use the those scales, but the reality is, yeah, okay, 78 level, that might help you in terms of where you can go, but one thing's really clear here is I'm looking forward to this is another runner that I'm looking forward to more ground obviously racing superbly on on the clean tracks and 
it can handle some give in the ground too. So if there happens to be a little bit of rain in the coming weeks, if this horse is still racing, so long as it's not too bad, I feel that this horse, why isn't it going to win again? I mean, it's, I'm just looking at the closing speed of the two runs. What a dominant turnaround from one run to the other as well. Like, it's elevated three lengths. Even though the overall score is only 0.4 more, the reality is this, Ralphie. It's gotten stronger through the first section. Very, very strong in in the you know last, uh, I would say the last four to two. But And there was a little bit of a, a drop-off between, you know, approaching the inside to the 600 to the 400. It was about a 1.3 length negative there, Ralphie. So that sort of gives me some confidence that this horse is trending to a, a plus one and a half, two range. Definitely going to be going as well as what it did at the Kenzo last campaign, a plus 1.3. There's a few kids in in, uh, in Sydney at the moment who are riding very well, and one and well, I suppose we saw two of them on show there because Dil- Dylan Gibbons owned the lead on Brudnell. Uh, Zach Lloyd, beautiful outside the lead sort of ride, just a half length from it, and then put pressure when he needed to. Uh, they're really giving you a bit of confidence following them at the moment, aren't they? Uh, well, oh, I'm, I'm, well where do you rank the kids? I'll, I'll include Tyler Schiller. What's what's your level? Of, uh, it's just spot? early days, Ralph. Yeah. Okay. Now, let, let's let's see what – see, the thing is I don't want to put seeds into my brain because we're going to look at it when we get to the big race and let's see how they go. You know, that, that's, a, that's a fair point. You know, right. It's experience. That's all it is. Are they, got, are they got potential? Absolutely. Are they trending in the right direction in terms of their futures? For sure. But, you know, patience. I'm not going to start stamping. I'm saying, yeah, <laughs> because, you know, especially when there's money involved. Well, speaking of money, you would have been happy with uh, with Dylan Gibbons in that winter stakes, the uh, the the, um, the stakes race on the day, which was won by you called it, and you did call it, Vince, uh, on your race speed profiles here. You wrote, posted his best figure for the campaign, his most recent outing to win. His figures from last campaign indicate best form comes at least four runs into a preparation. Peaked last campaign, went fourth up at Doombin over 13.50, posting best day 1.5 length above IVR benchmark, but he backed that up to start five for the prep. Winning again, best of the day, point one above benchmark, fought it under on dry ground. In a race where anything above IVR benchmark will feature prominently, he must be kept on side. You had him most advantage, you had acquitted second most advantage, and they've run the one too. Yeah, well, here's the interesting thing with this runner. <sighs> Two runs back, this is going back on the 10th of the 6th, there was already a really good sign, particularly with this stable, Ralphie, that you could expect the big run from the 24th of 6th at Ram when it won. And it was 0.6 below benchmark, 10th best of the day. Speed through the first section wasn't that that solid, but the close, this is the big thing, Ralphie. I look at that last 200 metres and 400 metres. Leading in onto those two runs, back on the 10th of the 6th, was 4.2 lengths below benchmark last 200 metres. And then on the 24th of the 6th, it was plus 1.3. Like, that's huge improvement, right? And now we come to the performance. This was had to be a runner. I'm not saying standout or anything like that, right? Always treating with respect with transition horses. And some horses, as you know, Ralphie, they just sort of stay there and they don't go any further. Others really sort of take that next step and could potentially be, uh, what do they call them, like those early spring races and things like that. A few horses fit that mould. Now, this runner here, fantastic. Last 400 metres, plus 5.6. Last 200 metres, plus 3.6. Clearly demonstrating that this horse has gone to a new level. And and this is Chris Lee's 
markings of how he gets some horses. You can just see, in not all these runners, with some runners, his pattern, and it's fantastic. And this one met that pattern. And you could have had a good level of confidence. The only challenge is sometimes when horses are at a certain level, when I call them these transition horses, they do find it difficult to overcome adversity, particularly if the the errors have come from the riders, more so than the actual horse. They don't have that ability to overcome that, and therefore they're always a little bit more of a risk in terms of how aggressive you want to be from a betting point of view. But they've got this horse on fire, and last campaign, peaked the doom with a plus 1.5. Is this horse got another run left in it? Well, when they're airborne, they can keep going, Ralphie. Well, speaking of airborne, how's this mare going? Second prep for uh, Team Hayes, who are just who are airborne, and uh, she's rising seven. But oh, she was she was at at, at absolute worst uh, should have run a place. But yeah, she might have tested the winner, Barbie's Fox. Look at these micro splits in the last four hundred. She outstripped. You caught it over the last 400, but it was total reverse. She was building momentum when she ran into that brick wall, whereas he had full momentum last 200. But, gee, they've got her good, going good. Yeah, they have, Ralphie. Of course, the challenge is we've got to look at the race shape, 9.3 lengths below benchmark, but can't be denied that last 400 was really, really solid. Uh, yeah, just inside that top 20, I don't mind that. It's, yep. it, it's, it's a good performance, good performance. Um, tell us about Man Behind the Money. I was watching it and, uh, you know, I just thought this is this is how to ride from an outside barrier from Regan Bayless. It was absolute uh, masterclass there because he, he took luck out of the equation early on a horse that does have speed in your race speed profile Sunday morning that you sent out via daily sectionals. You wrote, you surmised his chances. The former European had three admiral runs on soft ground launch his Australian career before getting First go on dry ground at Rose Hill, posted 10th best today, 0.3 above IVR benchmark over 800. The best part of the performance was the final 400, where he produced a combined 6.4 length above IVR benchmark, including last bit, best bit, 200 metres, indicating his further improvement to come. Repeat of his most recent, we have him deep in the finish, must be respected. Well, by look at the data, Vince's is a complete reversal of ratio. Oh, you know, this is that's I love it when I see this versatility in a horse, and it, and not only that, but it had to deal with a pretty decent slowdown as well, right? And you know, Ralphie, that that's not a a big plus for a horse, four and a half lengths above benchmark, like shit, you know, absolutely smashing anything it's done this campaign in terms of early speed. Even if you compare it to that Rose Hill performance, which I thought was really good, and it was a big leap in early speed from Canterbury to Rose Hill, like it was a six length leap in speed, but still below benchmark. And then it's turned up on the weekend, gone four and a half above, and this is clearly the most savage race shape off this sort of pace. I mean, four lengths below benchmark between the eight and the four, dropping eight and a half lengths. And this was, you know, deliberate. It wasn't like a scenario where the horse is just caving in with, you know, energy sort of depletion. No, it was it was pretty deliberate in terms of that move. And then it rebounded with a plus 0.5 last 400. I could see good level of improvement coming in over those last two sort of micro fractions between the six and the four and the four and the two was virtually, you know, just around that one length below benchmark. And then there, yeah, the energy was, was there. And that's not easy for a horse to do as well. All it just means is Annabelle's got this horse absolutely on fire as well. And oh, 
God help any horse, Ralphie. Maybe I shouldn't use that word, God. But if it gets into a race next start, similar distance, slightly softer speed, what's it going to do to them? Well, again, this is why I like mentioning the class because at benchmark seventy-eight level at this time of year, they'll 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 get a very similar race and uh, and hopefully a similar result. Vince. <laughs> benchmark seventy-eight, eh? Oh. <laughs> Which I know you use an naked platform, but this is the, the way you can get a bit get a good result using yeah. the clock, taking on the class. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I respect that because handicappers have got to do their job, and yep. we and without that they can't do their job. Us as form students have to be. Uh, we've got to use all the tools that we can to get some advantages like this one. Let's round this off. Uh, and now what we'll do, we'll break down all those, uh, all the best runs via Sizzlers. And with Sizzlers, you get Vince's IVR report. So you just don't get a better post-meeting assessment opportunity. So you can get that via my website, racetrackralphie.com.au. Just go to the future section and uh, I'll be I'll email you the, uh, the IVR to go with your purchase. Now, Rob's asked, one of our members, left field question. This is the time of year we like asking these, Vince. Not sure if you want to answer it or not. How does Vince feel? Wigs would have gone at Ascot in a race like the Prince of Wales, which is over a mile. How many links slower to Southern Hemisphere horses tend to go over there? Would you need to? What would you need to run to win at Ascot? Well, before whatever you want to put add to it, Vince, I will say once again that after her first Cox Plate win, you said this is the first Australian horse I've ever seen that could win an arc. So that's what you thought of uh, Winks's ability to win overseas. Yeah, for sure. And it's a pity we didn't get to see that. I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just that's the way the journey was. I mean, no matter what we we think, Ralphie, Australia has the best racing. It really does, Ralphie. I know there's some highlight races in Hong Kong. There's some highlight races in Dubai. We've got a few races in France and a few races in England. But I, when I say it's the best racing, I'm talking about the best racing for money, right? Yeah. <laughs> not, not saying necessarily the best horses, but in some cases that happens to be. Now, Winx was definitely that horse. I mean, since – I'm actually – was speaking to someone about this just a few weeks ago, Ralphie. If you cast your mind back just in the things that we've done four or five years, we'd have some overseas horses come over and they would turn up in, let's say, the Cox Plate. That's a good example, particularly over that 2,000-metre range, and they have the ability, you know, turning up to that race to be in that sort of plus nine range or higher. Yep. And I haven't seen that in recent times. There's just just not there it's more like plus fours and sixes at best and when we look at a horse like winks just let's just look at the last couple of years who's even been able to get close to plus 10 <laughs> no. I, mean, I thought anime might have been a horse that might get there but this is just showing you i don't know why this is the case might be many reasons could be they you know retire them early set these special races ralphie which we're getting more of this, these are, you know, mind-blowing things that are happening, but that's the reality. Well, and, that, and that's it. I mean, you know, what what in summation, because I went on the Wings journey with you, uh, Vince, while your clock was, um, was really, uh, you know, everyone can talk about it being once in a generation, but what you're saying is that's exactly what your clock said it backed up, that she really was wet, dry, for, you know, mile, 2,000, didn't matter. She was just the best. Yeah, well, let's just say the Everest was done in those days when Black <laughs> Caviar was there. Yes, exactly. You know, it, it would definitely win by the length of the strike. People say, well, there's no point in having an Everest. Just hand it over to Black Caviar every year. <laughs> it's just freakish. We've got two horses like that so close to each other. All right, now, our members, 
Uh, we'll send them to all our members here. We're, we're, because we had a week off last week, a couple of little highlights that we can pick out from Rosehill and Fleming and final day. So we'll do a little bonus podcast for our members because we're not here without our members. So if you want to be a member, uh, you will get the bonus uh, podcast. You can sign up via my website, racecheckralphie.com.au. All of Vince Accardi's work, including, as you heard, the race speed profiles on fire. Vince, I reckon you got top four, uh, got your city quality on Sunday too. Yes, no, I can't. Uh, look, when the tracks are clean, Ralphie, you know what happens. <laughs> They're usually positive, positive outcomes, particularly at this time of the year with transition horses. They're not looking for more things to make them go slower. <laughs> Magnificent. Let's hope the road continues there. Thanks for checking out the year-round carnival.